Welcome to the Small Business Big Life Podcast. My name is Derek Van Ness, and I'm the lead wealth strategist and founder at Big Life Financial, where we use innovative tax and financial strategies to help business owners keep more of the money they make and be a whole lot smarter at growing it. We believe every person has something unique and valuable to bring to the world, but far too often money stops them from sharing those gifts. We're here to fix that problem by helping people get money out of the way so they can unleash their full potential on the world. Stick around to the end of the show, and I'll even reveal how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspirational podcasts on the planet. So let's get this thing started now. Well, welcome everybody. This is Derek Van Ness with the Small Business Big Life Podcast. And we are back with more wisdom to spread all over your life, all over your mind, and all over what you want to create in the world. I've got a very special guest, guest today. His name is Fred Moskowitz. And I'm going to let Fred introduce himself in just a minute. But I can tell you already, he and I are in many ways kindred spirits um, and brothers in the, in the battle to help people get financially squared away. So I'm really excited to see what comes up today. And Fred, I just want to welcome you to the show. Eric, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Go ahead. Yeah. So my name is Fred Moskowitz, and I'm known as the alternative investment guy. And let me tell you, when I was growing up, I grew up watching others around me make all kinds of poor financial decisions, and it set them back so much. And I just can't stand to see people getting taken advantage of financially. And so my mission is to impact you, impact you through teaching financial strategies and all about the power of alternative investments, because these are opportunities that people just don't learn about. They just don't know about them. And so that that's my mission. I like to teach people how to generate passive income, how to diversify outside of Wall Street, and uh, frankly, just to take note of new opportunities, learn about investing in real estate, learn about investing in mortgage notes. Awesome. Well, I love that asset class. And just in case somebody doesn't get to the end of the episode, um, where can they find you if they need to reach out to you, Fred? Absolutely. To reach out to me, uh, best way is to visit my website, which is fredmoskowitz.com, or for an easier spelling, you can visit giftfromfred.com. And um, also, you can text the word note, N-O-T-E, to the number 47177, and then follow the prompts. And I'd love to connect with people. Awesome. Well, guys like you and I, that's what we do, right? We connect with people, whether it's like you and I who are kindred spirits or people who are looking for financial people. And uh, so, so I'm excited to have this conversation, but before we go too deep into that, let me ask you to drop your, your best piece of wisdom. If you, if you could pass on one lesson you've learned from building your business, investing, growing as a human being, uh, it doesn't have to be related to business, but obviously how you go, the business goes for a lot of our smaller business owners. What would you say? What would you share with them that they could take with them? I would say this, um, the best advice I can give is, is, um, okay. I'm a Philly guy, right? I'm from Philadelphia 
And what a better thing to do than turn back to our founding, one of our founding fathers, one of my favorite founding fathers, Benjamin Franklin. And he has a, a great quote that says, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. And it's so true. It's so true. The advice I would give is invest in yourself, invest in your knowledge and your learning. And that's going to benefit you no matter what you do. And that will benefit you for the, for the rest of your life. I even go as far as to tell people, uh, set a, a, a budget for yourself every year for your education and your development and your growth, and then use that money to attend seminars and workshops and trainings in whatever area will benefit you. And don't be afraid to, to spend money. Some of these can, can cost more money, but you're learning skills that are not taught in school anywhere. And they can really benefit you in such a major way. And whether that is uh, tools that you use in your business or investing skills or uh, soft skills for yourself, how to speak, how to communicate. Maybe you attend a storytelling workshop, anything like that, that's going to further you in the pursuit of the things that you want for your life. Awesome. I'm like nodding my head over here because you sound like me when I'm on when I'm on a lot of shows, I absolutely believe an investment in yourself, in your knowledge, in your skill sets, in your relationships cannot be beat. So thank you for underscoring that because it's just, it's a game changer. If you don't get that part right, you don't get to make any money. So you can't save it. So you can't invest it. So you can't get it working for you. You really have to get your ability to earn and create much higher. And, and I think that's a piece a lot of people miss, you know, they yeah. kind of stay in that lower income bracket and, and just never get to where they can earn enough to really get the money working for them. So, uh, so thank you for that. Yeah. Getting, getting money working for them. That is, that is key. That is key. That's something I really, uh, love to stress about, uh, stress that point. Yeah. It's, it's very much a friend of mine. He always talks about swimming with the tide, right? And he's talking about markets and business. He's saying, you know, you really want to be in an industry where there's a vacuum, where the 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 people the, at the end user is sucking you toward them, like they want what you have to offer. But I think it applies very well to uh, to business and finance, right? If you're always going negative to like pay the bills, or when you get behind when the car breaks down, you're you're swimming against the tide all the time because a lot of your dollars go toward interest, and you never get to the other side where the interest is pulling you along. And so I, I totally agree with you that finding a way to get out of the part where you're, you're swimming against the tide and get the tide working for you, interest growing for you, money working for you, is just a massive pivot point. And even the tide a little bit against you versus the tide a little bit for you, it's a game changer. Those couple of like that little bit of difference makes all the difference in where you end up. And then what happens Derek, what, what happens when we put that together with time Oh yeah, and a, having a long-term perspective, then it magnifies, doesn't it? Oh yeah. 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 I talk a lot about, uh, I call it your planning horizon, but really like how, how far does your vision go? I was told about 
this when I was in in college, like some country or some corporations in China, some of the big fortune 500 companies, they have a hundred or 200 year plans. The Catholic church is buying property. I bought, I flipped this house out in Los Angeles up in Palmdale, which is like a hundred miles away and like hundreds of acres outside of Los Angeles to the North out by these military bases and some of these other things up near Palmdale, they're owned by the Catholic church, but the Catholic church is like, Hey, in 200 years, this is going to be like prime real estate, right? Cause it's right next to the ocean. It's city center, like major metropolis area. But like you said, they have time on their side. So they're able to plan 200 years in advance rather than, you know, two weeks in advance. So it's just a totally different thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I know that you, you like the asset class of real estate and mm-hmm. that's an area where you should go into it with a long-term perspective and that's where you're going to really see massive results and momentum. It's very slow at first, but after, after a number of years, it starts to pick up and build momentum. And it's so powerful. It really is. It really is. So before we go too far down that road, so tell me, Fred, how did you get to where you are? Obviously you have to acquire quite a skill set. Most people I know don't start in notes. Um, and some of the other things you do, you're a public speaker, you've got quite a resume, you go to your website and it's like, here's all these topics that Fred speaks on. So, you know, you've, you've developed quite a skill set. Tell me where all that started or how did you get into business for yourself? Yeah, that's well, let, I'll tell a little story. Um, one day I found myself sitting in a chair, I was on the beach and I was actually in Northeastern Brazil, uh, sitting there all day long playing my guitar, playing bossa nova rhythms, and I could just feel that hot sun warming my skin. And it was so calm, so peaceful. And that was in such stark contrast, stark contrast, because I was coming down from this aftershock of living through the bursting of the dot-com bubble, followed by 9-11. And that was that one-two punch of world events that just sent, sent the economy into a downward spiral. And what had happened was I had been working as a computer engineer. I had a very successful career working as a computer engineer, and I was working at a tech startup that imploded, and I lost my job. And actually, that was not the first time that I had been through that experience of having a great job doing great work. And then the carpet got pulled out from under me. And so what happened was when I was there in that moment, I realized I had been spending all these years of my life, just building someone else's dream and not building my own. And so while I was there in Brazil, I was doing a lot of soul searching on those days on the beach. And so I came to the realization that I needed to have other sources of income so that I wouldn't be dependent on the paycheck for my job. Now, I was so disappointed with myself. I was so angry and upset because all of this happened. And I was just stuck in in a situation when I was working in this high pressure job. I didn't realize all of what was going on. So it took getting ejected out of that to have a clear mind and really think about it. But let me tell you, feeling disappointed with yourself 
it can be the worst emotion in the world. Wouldn't you yeah. agree? Listen, you're, you're speaking my language. I went through the same thing of like working a corporate job and working my butt off and then the whole thing imploding right around that same time. So I, I totally get it. And I had that same thing where what I had to do is I really had to forgive myself for making the mistakes that I made. And, and it was really hard for me for about two years to move forward with my life. So I feel like you're telling my story here, Fred. It's keep, keep going. <laughs> but yes, I totally know what you're talking about. It's, it's hard when you're disappointed or in my case where you don't trust yourself because you're like, I made these bad decisions. Am I going to screw it up again? And that keeps you from moving forward, which is an even bigger mistake because you don't do anything. Yeah, exactly. You don't do anything. You don't do anything. And so what I did was I used the power of that, that emotion of, and I used that to fuel a transformation for myself. And um, I ended up coming back to the U.S. after some time. I, I got back into the technology uh, market again, job market, work, got another job. However, I started learning about real estate. I decided I need to find other sources of income. And so I did that. I started investing in real estate, uh, started buying, I bought an apartment building and then other properties and learning about generating income from assets. Mm -hmm. And and then after a number of years, I got into notes and I found that to be a very compelling asset class as well, different from real estate. And I, I did that as well. And so what happened was after a number of years, one day came the day where I realized that I was making enough income for my investments to cover all of my living expenses. And so in that moment, I came to the realization that now I could work at my job because I wanted to and not because I had to. And in that moment, it was a major mind shift for me. Yeah, totally get it. Um, that's Robert Kiyosaki talks about it, right? He's the guy who kind of calls that getting out of the rat race. Uh, another friend of mine calls it the freedom bar. But yeah, that's that's a really pivotal time. And I think until I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I didn't really get that concept. And I don't know if you just figured it out on your own. For me, it took reading a book to have my eyes open to it. But yeah, that's profound because we call that your retirement day. It's when you now do things you want to do with your life, not things you have to do with your life financially. Exactly, exactly. And it really changes your perspective because now you can do work you want to do, work that you find fulfilling. You're not going to put up with any nonsense or uh, negative people in your work environment because if you're not happy with it, you'll you'll leave leave and find some something else to do and so it's very very powerful to have that mindset i've found and and it's hard to describe unless you've actually been through it so i totally can relate and uh, appreciate that you you followed a similar path yourself derek yeah yeah it's very interesting the similarities we're probably a similar age and maybe that's part of it is i think a lot of people uh, as I talk to a lot of clients, we're doing well in their 30s, got wiped out, and then kind of learned a lot of lessons and rebuilt from there. Uh, I can't tell you how many friends I know who had to live in their parents' basement and, you know, it really humbled them and 
Some went through divorces and a bunch of other things. So it was a messy time for a lot of people. Mm. So, yeah. So, so tell me, Fred, um, you, you got into notes. How did you turn this into a business? Cause it's one thing to be like, oh, I'm going to take my money and I'm going to put it into these notes. Were you investing in a fund? Did you figure out how to find your own notes? Kind of tell me how that progression happened for you. Cause I think a lot of people are, are in that place. Maybe they got a side hustle. Um, they're a business owner or they want to build something, but they've got to stick with that corporate job for a period of time. What, what was that transition like for you and how did you grow it? It really, it really was all based on, on relationships. When I started investing in real estate and following all the, the good real estate educators at the time, Mm-hmm. They weren't all good. There was many around <laughs> that were not, but I, I learned a lot. I got around like-minded people in the groups and organizations I was running, running in and that changed things. I got exposed to all kinds of strategies and concepts for real estate and for business. Some were of interest to me, some were not. But I was really attracted to when I learned about notes because one, um, I'll tell you that the, the real estate educator that really resonated, resonated with me, his name was Jimmy Napier. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He was part of the crew with Jack Miller and Pete Fortunato, the guys down in South Florida, in Florida. Yeah. Uh, legendary uh, guys. They're old timers, right? Yeah, yeah. So Jimmy Napier was teaching a class for our real estate association, teaching a class about negotiation. Great skill. No matter what you do, you should get good at negotiating. It will serve you very well. So I was there in this weekend workshop about negotiation. And what he taught us um, were, were great skills, great concepts about negotiation. But one of the things that happened was he would ramble a bit, Hmm. tell stories and ramble. One of the the things he got sidetracked on, he said, you know, I have this little business in my, in my town lending out money to people in town and, and to people that flip houses and things like that. And what I found was that I was making a very high rate of return. And the bottom line is that when you're starting out and maybe you don't have a lot of capital, you're just getting started, you can make a lot of money through investing in real estate and owning it long term. Mm -hmm. But then if you have a way to take that capital you've made and then reinvest that into debt, you're going to be able to skyrocket your rate of returns in a major way. And so that always stuck with me. And uh, sometime later, I uh, got in touch with a couple guys in my city that were involved in note investing. And I learned the business from them and uh, they had access to, to get notes. It's all through personal relationships to, to buy them. Hmm. So that's what got me started. And it, Again, I was still working as an engineer, right? So here's what I did. I had a self-directed IRA Mm -hmm. from a prior employer. And I said, oh, wow, I can own notes in my IRA and really leverage the tax benefits of the 
to self-directed IRA with node investing. Mm-hmm. What a powerful combination. And so that's what I started with just buying a couple notes. And it was like, I would buy another one every six months or every 12 months, however, however long it took. And I just kept going from there. And over time, I eventually uh, built that into, into a business. And, and uh, after many years, uh, I had so many people that came to me asking, Hey, how, how can we love what you're doing with notes? How can we get involved? And so I ended up forming a uh, investment fund so that uh, we could raise capital the right way and do everything properly registered with sec and, and everything. So that was kind of the evolution and, and how the business was built. Got it. So it sounds like you, you kind of found this thing that worked for you, this solution that was solving the problem you were looking for. And as you got good at it, other people realized that they wanted to be a part of it. So you were kind of, I don't want to say forced, but you chose to take on helping those people and creating a structure where they could get involved. Yes, that that's correct. And and I love helping people. I, I love to help people in, in so many ways. A lot of it's just through, through education teaching and speaking. I, I do a lot of that. And mm-hmm. um, I, I really find that rewarding. And the reason why is these are skills you don't learn in school. There's never going to be a course in school about it. It was taught to me, taught to me by someone more experienced. And there was always an understanding about this, learn these concepts, learn this, do well with it. And then later on, turn around and teach it to someone else. And mm-hmm. I, I really love that. It's just paying it forward. And so that's what I try to do with through speaking. And uh, I, I actually wrote a book about node investing. So that that's a great way for, for people to learn about, about the business and about the asset class from, from a basic level. And I, I share that. I make that available to anyone that's interested to pursue that. Great. So, I, it just occurred to me because I have a real estate background and you have a real estate background. We know what note investing is. Can you just break that down for people real quick? What is what is note investing? Absolutely. Note investing is the whole business of investing in debt. You are taking your capital in exchange for, for debt. Either you're lending out the money directly or you're buying a note that exists already. And there's a few characteristics that come into play with note investing. The first one is that if you're buying a note on the secondary market, they're traditionally sold at a discount. So Mm -hmm. you can buy the note for less than what's owed. Now, if you're a real estate investor, you will really appreciate the idea and the goal of trying to buy a property for less than what it's worth. And you have a discount. It's the same idea. In the notes industry, this is fairly standard. When a note is sold, it's sold at a discount. So that's the first point. The second one is that when you invest in a note, you're buying an asset that's backed by hard collateral. Mm-hmm. The real estate is what secures that investment. So, and so let me ask real quick, do you specifically work just in real estate notes or do you guys do other things? Just in real estate notes. There okay. are many types of notes for sure. Mm-hmm. They're secured, unsecured, and many uh, categories, but 
what I focus on is residential uh, mortgage notes that are backed by residential properties. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So, so I love that. And uh, I think it's a really great thing. What I love about it is it's, it's a pretty clean business. There's no tenants and toilets and repairs and all that other stuff quite to the same level that you have with regular real estate. <clears throat> so it's, it's pretty clean that way. So I'm sure that you've gone through this, Brad, maybe just share with us uh, one or two of the hiccups, one or two of the bumps, a challenge you ran into and how you're able to kind of get through that, maybe a lesson or two that you've learned along the way that people can use because every business has got bumps, right? And when we come in here, yeah. we sort of show the highlight reel of, look at all these great things that have happened and allowed me to get to this business. But in my experiences, usually when people roll up their sleeves, there's some bruises on the elbows and a couple of scratches that they took along the way. Maybe share a little bit of that with us so that we can learn from from some of the things that you've been able to figure out. Absolutely. I'll say this. No matter what business you're in, you're going to run into bumps. There might be deals that went wrong or you get involved in a transaction or a comp contract that the other, the counterparty does not perform as mm -hmm. promised and you have to pick up the pieces and, and move on and uh, fix the situation, whatever it is. And so the most important thing that I can say is your most important asset is your network of relationships, the relationships you build. Because think about this, Derek, if you were to lose everything you had, all your money, all your, your physical material possessions, mm -hmm. what, what's left, right? It's your knowledge, your skills, and the relationships you have. No one can take that away from you. And you can rebuild yourself just with that alone. And so what that takes, relationships, you have to get good at it. You have to get good at networking. You have to get good at interacting with people on a deeper level, adding value mm. to them, learn those skills. You almost have to, here's a great analogy. You have to dig the well before you're thirsty, mm. right? You're not mm -hmm. going to pick up a phone, the phone and call someone that you haven't spoken with in two years and ask them for a favor, you're probably not going to be very willing to drop what they're doing and help you. But if you come from a place of adding value and staying in touch with them, it's very different. It's very different. And then yep. when you need something, people will bend over backwards to help you, whether it's make an introduction or a referral or mm -hmm. uh, refer a new client to you, anything that you need. And if you build that up uh, while you're focusing on who are the people you're surrounding with, right? Yep. If mm -hmm. we look, look to the grandfather of personal development, Jim Rohn, who teaches us that you are the average of the five people you spend your time with. It's so key. It's the relationships. So, so in business, when things go wrong, if you have a strong network around you, they're going to help you. They're going to provide you guidance. Maybe they will help you talk through a problem and strategize, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they will connect you with resources that might be helpful to you, all of those things. That is what's going to get you through the tough times and the dark days. I'm 100% there. In fact, I, I recently hired the smartest business mentor I know. 
He's a, he's a guy I kind of know on a level, but he started, you know, he started, I think 56 companies, but 30 plus of them have gone over a million dollars in, in revenue. So he knows how to build businesses. And, uh, I I'm shelling out a big chunk of change to build that relationship because that's the kind of people that I want in my life. And I, I agree a hundred percent. And I truly also believe that even though I'm shelling out a lot more than most people pay for multiple house payments per month for this, uh, that the returns in that relationship are so much more worth it to just, just to have a person like that in my life. So, uh, I'm not just, I'm like with you, I'm not giving something like that lip service. Cause I think people throw that the five people you spend the time with, uh, you're kind of the average of them. You have a choice in who those people are. And it doesn't just have to be like, Hey, who are the people who hang around my neighborhood? You can go out and pick people to build relationships with. And like you said, maybe you use the emotional bank account. That's what I call it. Creating value for people, doing things for them, helping them be successful. Or sometimes you just got to write a check, right? To get with yeah. the right mentor with someone who's good. I mean, certainly there are plenty of people out there who are, who are shysters who will take your checks. So you got to be careful with that. But uh, if you know someone to be the right fit for you and the only way to really get there, cause they're playing at a high level is, is you got to put up some money. It's a great investment in my opinion. It goes back to your original advice, right? Yeah, absolutely. And think about that. You're working with that mentor, right? So what kind of a network do they have and what kind of introductions are you getting out of being around someone like that? Right. It's game changing. It, it is absolutely game changing. I have a, a couple of key relationships, but literally between just two of my very close friends, I feel like I could probably get access to almost anyone minus a few like A-list or movie stars or athletes, but I could probably get an intro to almost anybody that I wanted because they're those kind of people. They're just, they play a high level. They really focus on who they put around themselves. And, and as me being on that inner circle, it really gives me access to them if I want. And I don't abuse that, you know, but um, yeah, it's super valuable. And both of them are extremely successful financially because of the networks they've built and the people they do spend time with. So yeah, I'm with you hundred percent. Yeah. So, so Fred, I, I really appreciate you spending some time and sharing today. Obviously there's a million other things we could get into, but remind people, how can they get a hold of you, get in touch with you if they're interested in the note business or real estate business or any of the other things that you do, how do they find you and reach out? Sure. Couple ways. Uh, I encourage anyone that's interested to learn about node investing specifically, check out my book. It's called The Little Green Book of Note Investing. And it just launched this week. I'm really excited to bring that out. Cool. And that's a great, a great resource to learn about this business, as well as to learn about strategies for using self-directed IRA accounts. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, visit my website. You can connect with me there. It's fredmoskowitz.com or for an easier, easier spelling gift from fred.com. And anyone that would <laughs> like to sign up uh, on my website and connect with me, I'll send out a free special report about node investing. Another way is to ch- text the word note to the number 47177 and follow the prompts. I love speaking with other investors and connecting with people. And I look forward to uh, to speaking with you. Yeah. So 
I want to give you one more opportunity here, Fred. So something I think is pretty cool. I was on a podcast recently uh, called Say What You Need to Say, and they give you a moment at the end to just say anything that you want that you think listeners should hear. And, and I want to give that to you, maybe 30 to 90 seconds of anything you think is really important to share with people, whether it's related to what we talk about today or not. Um, but I, I'd love to give you a voice to to put that out there. Is there anything you want to want to share with the audience? Absolutely. This this is about mindset. It's so important. We are in an environment, especially right now, with so much negativity swirling around us. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And it's more important than ever to keep a solid mindset. Because remember, you can't control the, the world around you. You can't control the government. You can't control <laughs> the economy. You can't control the president right? But what can you control? You can control how you feel, right? You can control how you act and what you focus on. So focus on yourself, lean in to yourself, develop yourself, surround yourself with solid people and great networks, positive people that you can uplift each other and uplevel each other and propel each other and push through. And then when you're in that mode, in that energy, you just blow past all the negativity that's out there. It's like you're driving down the highway and moving past all the other nonsense that's in the world and moving forward to progress and achieve the things that you want in life. I love it. I love it. I've heard it said, it's not about how big the problems are. It's about how big you're playing. Because if you're big enough, the problems just seem like tiny little bumps. So, uh, well said, I appreciate you bringing that up and sharing that. And, uh, and I echo that 100%. So Fred, just a delight to have you here on the show. And I love what you're up to and that you're helping people with this. So, uh, I, I really appreciate you stopping by. Thanks so much, Derek. It was so much fun uh, having this conversation with you and I can't thank you enough for the opportunity to share with your audience. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Big Life Show. If you're a six or seven figure business owner who'd like to be on the show, we'd love to talk about it. Just visit biglifefinancial.com slash guest to get the ball rolling. And if you heard something you loved on the show today, don't be shy about sharing it. And if you do, be sure to use the hashtag smallbusinessbiglife so we can see that you're sharing the love. And heck, if we swoon over your post, we might even pass it on to our many thousands of followers to help share the love and the spotlight with you. Speaking of love, if you like today's show, be sure to hit that subscribe button. You know why? Because then you'll never miss another episode and you can get all the motivation, inspiration, and insights with every new episode. Also, if you want to see everything else we're up to on YouTube, social media, or even in real life, you can always visit us at biglifefinancial.com. Well, that's it for today. My name's Derek Venes, and I want to personally thank you for being a part of the small business Big Life movement. Now get out there, create more than you consume, love people more than you need to, and believe in magic because yes, it does exist.